What's going on? This is The Music Report. My name is Tyler Walsh, and I'm joined by... Courtney Connect. Hell yeah. This is a pod where we just talk about emerging artists, new music, things that are going on in the industry. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Ice Spice. Ice Spice, yes. Okay. What do you think about Ice Spice? Um, I think she has... I think she has a great team around great team. her. A great marketing team. Um, and I think she's... Like, the Ice Spice agenda is being pushed right yeah. now, for yeah. sure. Um, Shout out to Michelle Audible Treats, one of the best PRs in the game. Um, yeah, Ice Spice priority artist for for Audible Treats and 10K projects are doing their thing. A mm. um, lot of a lot of artists coming out of 10K, like Jaleel too. Yep. Uh, CEO Trails. So that whole camp is like 10K is on fire right now, and all of them work with Audible Treats. So there's some cool synergy there. Mm. Uh, but Ice Spice is on fire. Yeah. Yeah, did you see, um, like, for part of her promotion, I think this was a while back, but um, she had a bunch of, like, fake ice spices go into Times Square and, yeah. like, do a flash mob. That was pretty cool. Um, and I don't know, she's getting a lot of attention, like, um, recently. Like, I saw someone tried to give her Valentine's Day flowers this weekend or something, and, like, um, I love her, the In Her Mood song. I haven't listened to the full album um, all the way through, but... Yeah, she's kind of having a moment. I was talking with someone um, the last time I was in New York, and I was like, she's kind of, like, taking the place of Bia, like, in her own, like, kind of realm because it's more drill style. But um, I don't know. I think she really, like, stepped up, the set the bar pretty high, like, for um, compared to where she started. I know a lot of people were saying, like, oh, she might be one-hit wonder, one-hit wonder. Yeah. But I think she's elevated herself, and it's cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, her rise is crazy. She went from 200 monthly listeners to 2 million in literally like a month, which is insane. Just that she had no audience. She was only kind of known in the Bronx, New York, um, just because people knew about her. But nobody was really listening mm -hmm. until, you know, Munch came out. And I don't even know how she got signed and how that whole ordeal. I'm curious now because yeah. like... How you get signed with 200 monthly listeners? I know there's a few other artists on the 10K roster that are really small, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know she had uh, only 200 monthly listeners before Munch. That's really crazy. I feel like there's a bunch of, like, artists out there with, like, such low monthly listener numbers, but um, they're, like, so, so talented, where if they had the team that, like, behind them to push them, I think they would be doing crazy numbers right now, but... Like, I do this... Um, 100%. What, what do you think is stopping these artists from getting that team that would push them to the next level? I think not having a solid plan themselves or, like, maybe not really, like... How do I explain this? Like, not really taking themselves as seriously as they should. I think a lot of artists see themselves as an artist and they don't understand that... There's a business. There's a whole business side to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you can't... You can't elevate past a certain level if you're not willing to, like, treat your music as a business and, like, willing to, like, delegate things to a team and trust a team and, like, um, not just build a team of your friends, but, like, like build a team with intention and, um, and do, like, put out music with intention instead of just, like, putting it out and hoping for the best, you know? 100%. Yeah. That brings up a great point with, like, there are artists that are completely fine with making a living, making 50K a year, sharing their art, sharing their music with the world. And then there's the people that want to take it to that next level. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, as an artist, it's your responsibility to make that 
make that compromise and saying, hey, I want to take that jump or hey, like, I just want to be an artist and just put out the music I want. And, you know, you're going to have to make compromises when you get signed, when you have managers, when you have a whole team. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think a big part of it, too, is, like, is the content. Like, yeah. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but, like, content for an artist is so, so important because if you're not pushing yourself when you don't have a team, then, like, who's going to push you? You know yeah. what I mean? And so 100%. I think, like, what's been your approach that you've seen artists taking recently? Like, are they making volume plays? Are they making, like, with their content? Or are they making um, more so, like... Know what the opposite of that is yeah you know, i think you know there's I mean. there's two sides of the spectrum there's yeah. like the audience and then there's the industry mm-hmm. so like audience making content um at scale volume wise for sure but also cognizant back of their mind like all right um what value is this viewer getting mm-hmm. from that and then also on the other hand the other side of the spectrum it's um you know building relationships with people in the industry, building relationships with publicists, building relationships with managers, mm-hmm. not even just like for your own, you know, sake, but like, let's say you fuck with an artist and they blow up in a few years and you're tight like that now, just because yeah. you're cool with them. Yeah. So I think you got to play to both sides. And that goes back to the artist conversation of like, if you're an artist, you can just focus on your art and nobody's handling the business, which that ultimately is then, you know, it catches up. Yeah. It catches fast. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's been interesting, like, with um, seeing a lot of artists on TikTok, there's a lot of artists who are putting out content around their music and not necessarily, like, I don't know how to say it, but, like, it's important to transcend TikTok, right? Like, there's a lot of TikTok hits. Yeah. And I think it's important, even though, like, you want to, it's a volume play on TikTok, I think it's also important to maintain, like... Yeah maintain other platforms as well and treat them differently and not just like copy and paste everything everywhere 100 percent, yeah and also like not just have your song playing and throw words on the screen for a tiktok but like showcase who you are and like um, let people see your a little bit of your personality while still keeping like this persona mysterious persona if you want to as an artist because i think coming up as an artist i think it's important to let people see who you are but to also keep them focused on like I'm a, I'm a music artist you know while you can showcase your personality in multiple different ways um you don't want people to get too distracted you know yeah. you want them to see you for um your music if that's what your goal is um, yeah 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 transcending tiktok definitely a challenge um but that's the importance of like tiktok has it's like you go to TikTok because you want to see TikToks. You go to Instagram because you want to see Instagram. You go to Twitter because you want to see tweets. YouTube videos for YouTube videos. So, like, artists that have an understanding of that, like, ones that have transcended, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Megan Thee Stallion, mm-hmm. now Jake from, like, this new pop era, um, you know, they're doing that. But the ones that aren't, I've gone to, like, shows with, you know, a TikTok showcase of all these artists and nobody really shows up. And it's just unfortunate because their music is good, but, you know, they're not... They're not building um, the foundations correctly. Mm-hmm. They have this one pillar, hundred thousand followers on TikTok, and expect to to uh, leverage that. But uh, I think TikTok is high attention, low leverage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instagram has more has more weight to it because it's like more personable. You know, YouTube more long form. You know, also like th- there's some community features that TikTok's mm-hmm. missing. 
um, you know, the comment section on YouTube tells a lot about an artist. You go to a music video, you know, if it has a million views and only a hundred comments, you know, something's wrong with the, with the, with the song. Mm -hmm. If you see like 500,000 views and 26,000 comments, you know, the artist is doing something right. So definitely about that foundation. Yeah, I agree. And it's like with TikTok, I feel like it's more for content, like for awareness and like reaching new people rather than, and then like Instagram and YouTube is kind of where you like nurture those, Mm, those artists or those fans that come in and like they want more. And so that's why I think it's important to like have a YouTube channel, like vlog what you do. Like if you're going to invest in yourself, like hire a videographer like that's the best way to approach marketing i think i have i have a bone to pick with this artists that don't vlog in 2023 are going to fail i'm talking like some prime examples of this they have killer fan bases right now ddg and Anneli choppa like Anneli choppa doesn't use instagram his label manages it even says in the bio but he's literally like he that's how you build a real connection. It's like they're showing off their life, daily vlogging. You learn more about the artist. You get to hear snippets of music. It's literally everything that that the fan wants, you can, you know, put in a vlog. Mm-hmm. Everything a fan wants. You can even, like, you know, fan can want merch. You can show the merch and say, hey, out now. Link in the description. That's mm-hmm. a top funnel. You know what I'm saying? So 100%. if you don't vlog, vlogging is going to be big again. I think maybe shorter vlogs i know vlogging had this big era 2013 with like casey neistat and you know all those people and i know it kind of fell off a little bit but i think with with retention strategies and always keeping it interesting yeah uh, it's going to make a big resurgence especially for musicians where they do have that mysterious factor some of them but yeah yeah i think um what you're saying about like the length of it i agree because if you're an upcoming artist and people want to get to know you but they haven't completely bought in yet like for me I, I can't map out 30, 35 minutes yeah. of my day to, you know, like sit down and watch a whole vlog. Yeah. So I think vlogging is coming back. Like you said, like everything's in a cycle. So I think short form will still be king, but it's important to have that long form for people to fall back on when they do discover yeah. your short form. And I also think like vlogging with intention, I keep saying intention, but like, uh, I guess it's the word of the day, but yeah. like, um, intention, you, that's, that's what it's all that's about. That's what it's all about. Like don't, I don't know. I don't want to say don't just like vlog everything you do because it's important to do that. Um, but I think like cut out what isn't necessary. You 100%. know what I mean? Don't just compile everything you film into a vlog and be like my first vlog or like have a vague title. Like, for example, if you're going to, if you have a show, then say like have an engaging title. Like think about it as a creator of like, Okay, what did I do and what's the hook that I can put in this title that will draw attention but also um, remains true to what they're going to see in the vlog like if you have a show and you sell like and you sell out the show then like have it be selling out X venue or like selling out my show in LA rather than just like tour vlog number 37 yeah, you know what I yeah. mean there's yeah. no context there yeah yeah there's two things that I want to piggyback off of mm-hmm. um yeah, like you said, context is key, you know, especially context paired with value. Um, if you can do that right, you're on mm-hmm. top of the world. And then also, like, everything that content-wise is really just, like, even beyond content. Um, so you have TikTok. I, I like to think of it as, like, a, as a marketing funnel, so, like, a sales funnel. Top of the funnel, you know, you have TikTok. People discover you. Next is, let's say, Instagram. From there, it's like, hey, I fuck with this person. I'm going to go follow them on Instagram. 
get more insight. And then they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go in a little deeper. And they're like, I really like this artist. I'm going to check out their YouTube, check out their vlogs, check out their music videos. I'm going to engage, comment, mm -hmm. um, you know. And then from there, let's say, you know, they're going on tour. They buy tickets. That's like the bottom of the funnel. That's where you make the most money uh, beyond streams because streams, there's a lot of different avenues you can play. But um, it's just it's just really about how you how you build up that foundation and just being aware of uh, intentional about mm -hmm. how you how you set up that structure. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and I think having structure too is important. Sometimes there, um, there's a little bit of intimidation with like. I don't know it's all different for how people work um on their own but i think like having structure and being like okay today i'm gonna work like just getting one percent better like yeah. as an artist like if content is really daunting to you or intimidating then just like take just get comfortable with it you know it's there's yeah. no pressure to like have it all yeah. figured out off the bat and every like, everybody starts at zero yeah. and one percent better each day is 365 percent. so like you know just one percent if you go five percent better each day which is hard like the fucking number is crazy you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying i can't do math that fast <laughs> it adds up quick yeah it adds up quick yeah 100 percent um yeah that's a good point just getting because so many artists are like i'm not comfortable with tiktok i don't know how to use it it's like well you've never made a tiktok before of course you're not going to know right. it's like when you started making music you didn't know how to sing you didn't know how to rap you didn't know how to go in the studio and you know have you know a conversation with an engineer about how you want it to sound and now you do it's because you have the reps if you're a fucking musician you don't have the reps on tiktok you are fucking behind i'm telling you right now you are behind like it is industry standard and if tiktok was to get fucking deleted today it's still youtube shorts it's still instagram mm -hmm. reels facebook shorts they are getting pumped like crazy right now and especially on the underpriced attention with youtube shorts instagram reels you know facebook reels if you're not utilizing it you're fucked that's the end of my rant. Period. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. What are some of the other artists you have um, on your list? Uh, Tia Corinne. Oh, I just made a video about her. Tia Corinne is so fire. Yeah. I think that she just, she's so aware of her audience because she makes herself that personable mm -hmm. that like, it's like, oh, she likes video games. She likes anime. She likes, you know, Kirby, like Nintendo, like all the, all these different things, you know, and that's exactly what her fan base is and that's mm -hmm. why they fucking love her and uh, she just brings some cool energy on her music she's amazing yeah. i love tia i've had the absolute pleasure of jamming with her uh and linking up with her multiple times um but yeah she's amazing yeah piggybacking off of what you said like how in touch she's with her fan base and like i think that comes from like being willing to show those things that you like yeah. you know like that's what i was kind of getting out earlier of like showcasing your personality but still keeping a mysterious a mysterious persona is like show people what your hobbies are as an artist because i always want to know when i find a new artist i'm like dang what do they like to do when they're not making music yeah you know and that's where like i really connect with an artist that's what it's like, about connection yeah. no pun intended yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so yeah i think that's really cool and it helps you stay in touch with your fan base yeah. past the music like say yeah. tia decide wakes up one day and she decides you know what i don't want to make music anymore i want to just model. take yeah i want to model i want to yeah. be um very present like she's a very present mom and very like she has a kid right I'm yeah, not just yeah, yeah. okay i'm gonna cut that right up <laughs> but she what if she wakes up one morning and she's like you know what i don't want to make music anymore i just want to travel the world with my kid and make videos and like yeah or maybe not even make videos just travel the world with yeah. my kid 
she'll still have that audience with her because of the fact that they connected with her yeah. past music. You know yeah. what I mean? And one thing, one thing that Tia does really well is I'll give an example. So, you know, we work at Vayner, um, if you didn't know, based on context. Um, <laughs> and Tia came by the office and there was a girl in there that was a super fan. And she was slacking me. She was like, hey, can I meet Tia? It's like, of course. Um, Boyd also helped set some stuff up too. And then Tia came. She met her. They were talking for a few minutes. And, you know, Tia was like, obviously so thrilled to meet her. And then, you know, she leaves and she comes back to New York this week for Fashion Week at the time of the recordings, you know, Fashion Week uh, in New York City. And um, Tia invites her out to Fashion Week events with her and that's invites her out to parties. And it's like, that's how you build a real fan base. Like, they have that connection. And it's like, you know, it, it, when you build an authentic fan base, you actually have to interact and engage with the fans. So if like, this this is a, a, a tangent based on what I just said, but if you are an artist and you're not, po- like you're posting content and everybody's commenting and you're not responding, like thanks for the input or like even to the haters, you know, if the hater says, fuck you, like your music sucks, say like, thanks for the input, hope you have a great day. Like A, it's engagement, you know, it boosts the engagement rate. And B, um, you know, if you're not engaging with your fans in the comment section, they're not going to give a fuck about you. Like, right. They feel like they're talking to a wall, yeah. you know, like that yeah. you're in act you don't, they don't have access to you. Yeah. That's yeah. why Taylor Swift is the biggest artist in the world. She has the largest fan base because she's built it up for literally a decade plus. Like, you know, she, she had a surprise listening party at her house where she like, I think she cooked dinner or some shit for, for her fans that pulled up. This is like, I forgot, like five years ago or something. But that's just one example of, you know, um, just just engaging with, with your fans and your mm-hmm. audience. 100%. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity for that as well in, um, like, the new, in the next, like, five, seven years. I think, like, digital collectibles and that whole space will open up a whole a whole melting part of that yeah. for artists. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. It. It's yeah. going to be amazing, especially when it becomes more mainstream and um nfts right now feel very ponzi like Mm -hmm. which is like you know buy this this picture of a monkey with this promised utility which is like yeah but like when it talks about real world application you know that's that's when it gets serious it's like Mm -hmm. oh shit like i own this nft i can go to rolling loud for the rest of my life and for zero dollars and i get vip for 2500 bucks and i go four times a year to all of them like mm-hmm. fuck like i'm gonna do that that's a good investment yeah that's real world utility that like you know that's the shit that matters mm-hmm. not this like digital utility bullshit like you get a free mint of this like no nah, it's or like you get airdropped an nft it's yeah, like yeah. come on like, yeah yeah i agree and i think um with like the whole cloud around nfts right now it's like it opens up a whole door for artists to or even anyone to like literally like give out nfts for free like like connect with your fans that way give it to them for free have them expect nothing and just over deliver in the next like three years yeah i don't know if you know this but anyone who holds one of rihanna's nfts that she released they're gonna earn money while she's performing in the super bowl this weekend which which you know it's not immediate access to her but it is some sort of utility that i don't think they probably expected it definitely is access it's you know it's financial access that is true yeah Yeah, that's really i think they only did 250 or 300 nfts Mm -hmm. and i think it wasn't even that expensive to like Mm. correct me if i'm wrong i may be wrong on that but i know it was a very low number of nfts which is cool to think like you know 
how, how NFTs are going to shape the, the ecosystem of mm-hmm. both consumer, like consumer interaction with musicians and also just um, the, the operations of music mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. Now, uh, turning the conversation back to Tia, um, did you listen to her album? Of course. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite song besides Freaky T? Boogie with Tony Snow. Um, it's fire. What about you? Um, I like Pink and Kite. Yeah, yeah. I think she's filming a video. Actually, she already filmed it. I can't say which one because it's not yeah. out yet. But Fair. Uh, yeah. one of those music videos coming out. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What, uh, what other artists you got? Um, there's this really exciting artist out of New York right now. Her name is Breezy. She dropped this song called Bad Bitches, and it's literally stuck in my head. And then she dropped Ryder, and um, I told Boyd about her, and we were supporting her for a little over a month, maybe like a month and a half, and then she just got signed to 300. So it was cool to see, like, you know, these songs come out, and we're like, oh, shit, like, you know, like, this this girl's really talented from New York. She's kind of like, she she has this cool sound that is deviating away from drill but has some of the same elements that made drill so mm. popular like mm-hmm. like um you know the sentiment of the lyrics and the positivity of like certain things certain subject matters but mm-hmm. um she's really cool I highly suggest people check her out because she's on fire right now um yeah what song should they listen to bad bitches of course and also rider she's actually she's only got two songs out she's got bad bitches oh, wow. rider and then she has i think a two remixes of Bad Bitches or maybe one remix mm-hmm. and then a re-release after she got signed. Okay. It's under the official like three. So you're early. If you're watching this, you're early. If you're watching this, you're really early. <laughs> and if she drops an NFT, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, another New York artist that's really fire is 4 or 5. Um, I know he works closely with uh, with Internet Money right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he, he's not going to... I don't think he's trying to be signed by them. I think he's just homies with Taz and some of those people. But he's delivering this sound that is really unique. Um, I don't like comparing artists, but I would say like a more commercialized yeet. I think a yeet with like more commercial capability. Okay. Beyond like you can understand what he's saying. His subject matter is less about drugs and more about like real life shit. You know, it's more relatable. It's more, you know, casting a, a wider net. Right. Um, but he's also been at it for so long that like him and yeet uh, like... You know, they have the same sound, I think, just because of who they surround themselves with and also coming up at the same time because he's been gotcha. on the come up for a few years. Gotcha. So if he's got a little bit of the yeet sound in the style, one thing that um, does, like, transparently, like, turn me off about yeet is, like, he doesn't have much of an image, yeah. in my opinion. That's that's exactly where he comes in. He actually owns... Um, he owns a clothing brand called New York City Gun Club. Oh, okay. And when when I say they, they have good business, I mean, like, I know the... He told me some of the numbers, and I'm like, you know, an independent artist that owns a clothing brand, A, that's also every rapper has rocked it from, from literally, like... If you go on their Instagram, go to New York City Gun Club on Instagram. You'll see all the rappers that rap it. I don't want to give any false information mm-hmm. um off the top of my head i forgot who but literally a-listers like people that are probably here in you know in arizona for super bowl weekend performing at, mm-hmm. at these parties like those types of people um selling out in droves big collaborations he's really big into fashion he's got a cool image style that's like very distinct and mm-hmm. unique and um definitely definitely uh 
does that well. Yeah, I think fashion and like having a clothing brand can open a lot of doors for artists. Yeah. I think also acting. Um, yeah. Like I sat down with Solo Cello for an interview recently, and he was talking about acting, and he's gonna be um, in like a film that's coming out. He was in like um, I don't want to butcher the show. I'm not gonna say the show, but. Um, and I also met another girl who goes by the name uh, Savannah, and she was recently in a Netflix show that is going to be coming out in the next year. So in talking with both of them, like it opens up, it kind of puts your foot in, in the door in a way that's not really able to be accessed without like having that alternative um, business, I guess, like with clothing or with acting, like acting opens up this whole realm of like okay you know who can license your music who can sync your music to these shows and i don't know it's really cool to um see artists just develop in like multiple roles definitely yeah brings a lot of good revenue sources it's like you said like transcend tiktok same thing you transcend music and become like i think that's how you know lady gaga became global phenomenon that's how drake became a global phenomenon and right. you know every it's funny because drake actually started in tv and then worked his way to music but, yeah um yeah it's uh it's cool to see though it's cool to see different people that are so talented do mm-hmm. different things and um especially when it's creativity like fashion or music or acting mm-hmm. um it's amazing though i was actually going to ask you about solo because oh, i think yeah. solo does a terrific job with um content if you don't know solo be sure to check them out on tiktok just drop an ep get a job yeah super fire super fire yeah um yeah he has one of the best approaches to tiktok i think he told me at one point he's getting up to 10 tiktoks a day That's before wild. he moved to la and which is crazy talk about volume but um yeah yeah the super fire. Super fire. Yeah. Another artist I'm really watching right now is this kid named Take Forty Five. I believe he's out of the Carolinas. Um, maybe I may be wrong on that. No, I think he's out of LA actually. But um, he's this young kid. I think maybe nineteen, twenty years old. Maybe even eighteen. He produces. He engineers his stuff. He yeah, like you know he raps. He's just got this cool style that I think. Um, you know he's still he's still experimenting with the sound right now, mm-hmm. but um, once he once he's matured as an artist, I think people are going to copy his style, and I think he's going to be a big star just because he's you know a real big dual threat. Mm. I think you you mentioned Take Forty Five before, and I checked out his TikTok and I like his music, but yeah. I have to go back and like refresh myself yeah. on his catalog and yeah. discography and whatnot. One question that just literally randomly popped in my head. Yeah. Um, what do you think about all of like these music catalog deals that are happening right now? Music catalog deals. Yeah. I think they're interesting because mm-hmm. um, I get I get it from the artist perspective. You know, you, you mature your catalog, you want to sell it, cash in three hundred million, whatever. Um, but at the same time, you're also taking a risk as as the the person or the company acquiring it because um, you have to. Um, you know, you're you're gonna have to wait a decade before you reap those benefits, and of course, that comes with any big investment like that. Buying a company, same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's got me thinking, like, with these new streaming models, and like with with uh, you know the possibility of like, let's say, like royalty rates change, publishing rates change, mm-hmm. NFTs emerge, you know, then shit, like that's a great deal if they bought for three hundred. 300 million and they're selling nfts and you know 
you know, you know, say that there's a lot of different moving parts, but I think it's a win for both sides. It's just a matter of um, properly realizing what assets you have and then uh, executing on that. 100%. And just given the state of the uh, music economy right now. Mm-hmm. And then rapid fire for you. Um, you think Justin Bieber's catalog selling for $200 million is... Underrated. Yeah. Underpriced. Yeah, way underpriced. Way underpriced. You're talking about the biggest pop act of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if things play out, maybe the 2020s. I'm not sure what he's going to do with music. I know mm-hmm. he's getting older. Um, it should probably be more. But also, the thing is, we don't know the how much he owned of his catalog, too. 100%. He may have only owned 50%. So that 250 was, like, really $500 million because the label owned the other, 200, the other 50%. Right. Yeah, that's you know? the part we don't see. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, Michael Jackson's getting ready. Well, his estate, excuse me, is getting ready to close a deal on his catalog as well for like eight hundred, nine hundred million. That's what I saw. That's fire. Good for good for the Jackson yeah. estate. Yeah, I don't really have any other takes on that one. But yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I saw recently. Um, Drake posted. Uh, so so. In the in the industry, um, Lucian, Sir Lucian Grange, Universal Music Group CEO, mm-hmm. released a company wide memo saying how they want to start, you know, making things more artist friendly, um, being more empathetic towards artists and mm-hmm. their situations. And I think Drake kind of, you know, Drake as a universal artist came back and said, "Hey, there should be bonuses for artists that hit certain thresholds." Uh, if they hit like a streaming number, let's say you like mm. you get fifty million streams on a song, you get an additional like I don't know fifty thousand. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much, but you know, like a little bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Something to make you know the the landscape more competitive for artists. Um, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's interesting, right? Because athletes get bonuses, you know, when they hit a certain number. Like if a quarterback throws a certain number of yards in a season, or if a basketball player. Um, I don't know a situation with a basketball player, but um, yeah, like there's bonuses for athletes. I think it's a valid thing to talk about. You know, I just don't know the logistics behind it. How would it work? Who's giving those bonuses to the artists? Like, would that fall back on the streaming platforms? Yeah. Would it fall back on the labels? You know, like I just don't know the logistics behind it. But yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be cool to see how it plays out, especially for for the artists. If it means more money in their pockets, I'm always for that. Oh, 100 percent. I'm just more money for everybody. You know? Yeah, everybody just, eats. Everybody <laughs> eats. There's so much abundance. The labels can have money. The managers can have money. The artists can have money. You know, it's just a matter of having a fair deal that everybody abides to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So this is you know, as we're recording this Super Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. big topic of discussion right now. Top five goats. Go. Top five goats. Yeah. Actually, I just saw academics post something about his top two. Yeah. And I don't agree with it at all. Um, Lil Wayne's got to be up there for me, hands down, because he birthed the goats of today. Yeah. So, Lil Wayne. Hey, wait, wait. In order? No, this is not in order. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the five out and then I'll put them in order right, first because cool. uh, my mind's a little jumbled. So, Lil Wayne is up there for me. Um, I would say Drake for sure. Nikki's the goat of the female rapper world. Um, I would say well, that's all of Young Money right there. And then, um, sorry, it gets tricky. I want to put someone up there, but I feel like I can't. 
and I think you know who I'm talking about, but yeah, um, you could say it. Kanye, yeah, Kanye, respect uh, the music, the you know, music, not, not the personality. We're the talking music, music, Kanye, the artist, deserves a top five spot, 100%. Do I agree with everything else? No, but that's a different topic of conversation. Um, man, there's only one spot left. No, this is so tough. Um, I think I might have to go old school and go Biggie. Oh, yeah. All right, now what would you put in that order? Biggie 5, Kanye 4. No, Kanye 3, Nikki 4. No. The only reason I'm struggling with Nikki's placement is because she set the tone for, like, or she, like, made it possible for all of these other um, you know, like female rappers that are yeah. coming up. She set the pavement. So I'll put her at four. I'll put Kanye at three. I'll put Drake at two and Wayne at one. Damn. Okay. Don't hit. Don't don't come for me. Don't come yeah. for me. Hey, it's it's all subjective. Yeah. It's also tough too because you have different like areas. You have artists with the most cultural impact and best artists all around and artists with the best lyrics you know there's different ways that people can can do it mm-hmm. um yeah yeah what about you i'm gonna turn it back to you <laughs> all right top five rappers all time this is my pick biggie at one i'm gonna go with Nas at two jay-z at three uh Drake at four, Kendrick at five. Drake at four, Kendrick at five. Yeah. Fuck me, I didn't put Kendrick on mine. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think it's a solid choice. People always always hate on um, on when people don't include Tupac, but I think Tupac had more uh, you know influence in the culture than mm-hmm. in the music I itself. I know? agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, when it, when you bring up Biggie and Pac, usually it, it comes up in the conversation as well, and same vice versa. And I think Biggie's legacy just transcended a lot further than Pac's. Um, there's still people who are releasing, or not releasing like Biggie music, but releasing products um, licensed to Biggie's estate, which to me... You know, I don't see Pac stuff being licensed out as much or, like, anything of that nature. So. Pac got a movie, though. Pac did get a movie. Yes, he did. And he got a couple of conspiracy theories, yeah. too. Also, Biggie did get a movie, but that was, like, yeah. way earlier. True. Um, what do you think about BandLab? What's BandLab? You don't know what BandLab is? No. You've seen the TikToks before. Probably. Yeah. I'll break it down for, for the people watching right now. BandLab is going to disrupt the whole music industry. You're, you, you don't need a studio anymore. You need just headphones in this app. You can import any file, and literally there are songs that are going crazy viral on TikTok right now and transcending that. Like we, we keep mentioning transcending. On Spotify, millions of streams. Literally, just, uh, just an app on your phone, mm-hmm. studio. Has auto-tune effects, literally some of the best auto-tune sounds ever. You can buy beats on there. There's groups so you can join communities. You can make a band, like a virtual band. 
but literally like this is this is what the labels are freaking out about this Mm -hmm. is what the labels are trying to understand and figure out and it's very much so it's not even gen z it's like the i don't know what it's the new generation it's the new kids that are like Mm -hmm. it's like the 15 year olds the 10 year olds that are they're making music on there they're going viral yeah on like their apple headphones like wired yeah yeah you've seen you've seen it's like um it's like a phone app and then there'll be like track layers and there'll be like lyrics on the screen mm-hmm. there'll sometimes be like sped up songs yeah yeah amazing i gotta look more into it you put me on yeah Hell not yeah. for real yeah speaking of it, transcending this was something popped into my mind um i went and saw arden and party alone perform yeah. um arden How was Jones. That? it was really cool because i've been following both of them and listening to their music for over a year and maybe not over a year maybe that's an exaggeration when did I send you party music? That was probably like six to eight months ago. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been following them for that long. And to see, like, their TikTok growth and then to see it, like, come to life in real life, like, they s- Arden sold out his whole first headlining tour. Like, that's crazy. Like, for someone who blew up on TikTok, of course, he has a deal with Atlantic now, so that plays a part. But, like, to see, that is, like, the definition of transcending TikTok, is, like, being able to pull people to your shows, to a real-life event. I fucking drove an hour to go to the show. Like, you can't do that if you're not transcending TikTok. You know what I mean? So it was very cool to see that come to life for the both of them. Definitely, yeah. That's amazing. Do you see that Hybe bought uh, quality control, $300 million? Mm -mm. Yes. You know what Hybe is? I've heard of the name, but I don't know what it actually it's is. A, it's the company that uh, brought up BTS and Blackpink and oh. all those K-pop groups. Scooter's the new yeah, CEO. Yeah, he's the CEO of the North America, oh, uh, the okay, North okay. America side. Gotcha. So they have quality control now. They got Lil Baby, they got Lil Yachty, they got Migos, Quavo. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So what does that what does that mean for the people watching? Like now that they have quality control, what can they do? Now that high bones quality control, it means that hip hop is going to be more global. It means that those resources that you know the resources that these labels have at a global scale, like Hybe, like we're talking about literally the craziest fan bases when it comes to BTS and. You know, even Scooter side, Bieber and mm-hmm. Ariana Grande, who he also raps, and like all these crazy artists, they have global fan bases. So that just, I think it's gonna mature more hip hop artists that are already in the mainstream, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna keep them relevant for a very long time. You know, Lil Yachty, he's not going anywhere. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm happy for Lil Yachty, honestly. I love um, Lil Yachty. Um, because. What, like, like Poland leaked. He, I don't think he was even planning to drop that. Yeah. And then it became a massive, massive hit for him, which put him in kind of a weird position because it was, like, what's he going to do next to come from this? And I think he did, like, ex- like, there's no right or wrong thing, I guess, but, like, he did exactly what, like, I would ex- he did he just went out of his box went out of his comfort zone and dropped like a completely experimental album which kind of puts him more of like it highlights his artistry as opposed to just having this single blow up off TikTok transcend TikTok and kind of become like this sort of meme song a bit but 
now he he came back he's like no here's this whole album this is what i've been working on fuck it leaking a week before like i'm gonna still drop it and people still resonated with it and like you said i think because of that i don't think he's going anywhere you know that's facts drop a lot of good points thank you hell yeah yeah Thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to follow this podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Also, if you want to chop it up on social media, my at is at T-R-W-L-S-H. Once again, that is T-R-W-L-S-H. And that is on all social media platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine. Let me know who you want to see on this podcast next. And I look forward to chopping it up with you soon. Talk soon. Peace.